All right, I think we're live, we're recording, or whatever you want to call it, we're recording, not necessarily live, but uh, Pillars of Community, Billy Garish, I'm so happy and 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 uh, thrilled and excited to be sitting um, digitally with uh, a local <laughs> legend, as, as, that's not, those are not just my words, uh, but Arch Campbell, uh, welcome. Uh, uh, Billy, good, good to be with you. Uh, yes. Good to be anywhere, actually. <laughs> so, what the hell? Here we are. Here we are. And uh, we're on Zoom. So, yeah. so, I get a little distance from you. <laughs> you know, well, I like to be a little, a little self-protective here. That's <laughs> all. Now, the good? Zoom thing is great. I do a podcast every other week on Zoom now. You know, it's amazing. Uh, At the movies with uh, Arch Campbell and Lou Katz and a cast of thousands. Uh, (laughs) Lou Katz was on Wash FM for years and years. And like you, he has a studio in his basement. And uh, when the virus uh, broke out, he uh, threw me out of the studio, but said we could still do it on Zoom. So, so you know, I kind of like this. You don't, have, I don't have to leave the house. You got no excuse to be. You can't blame it on traffic. Um, past or past of thousands, cost of millions. What's that? <laughs> Get Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, must be, yeah, yeah. Cecil B. DeMille. They they say the greatest show on earth is the worst movie ever to win Best Picture at the Oscars. How about that? <laughs> Good old Cecil B. DeMille. Have you ever uh, seen uh, Sunset Boulevard? I'm, I'm not. I've heard it. I've not seen it. Oh, you got to watch that. He's in that. I'm making a list. Sunset right Boulevard. That's the one with uh, Gloria Swanson where she's the old movie star and uh, William Holden uh, comes into her house to escape some guys from a finance company. And uh, and she invites him to stay and uh, rewrite her script that she's going to take to Cecil B. DeMille and get him to uh, film her comeback because she was mm-hmm. a big silent film star. Mm-hmm. And instead, she uh, goes nuts and uh, uh, sexually uh, preys on uh, William Holden. And, uh, and there's a great uh, scene where she goes back to uh, Paramount to see Mr. DeMille. Yes. Uh, and Mr. So, so. in there. He's, he's yeah, in oh, yeah, there. he's there. He's there working. He's playing himself? Cecil B. DeMille. And he's that playing. is where the line, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, comes from. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, 1950. Uh, greatest Show on Earth, was that, what was that about? Was that Jesus Christ? That was about the circus. Okay. The circus and... Um, uh, they get on the circus train. You remember they used to be the circus train? I do. Everybody lived on the circus train, and they would go from town to town, and they have all the lions and the animals. And The circus train derails and turns over, and all the animals get loose, and the people are mangled and killed. And <laughs> so you <laughs> The greatest like, show on earth. You didn't like it, or you liked it, or a lot of people didn't like it, or it was like the, just- the Oscar. It's just considered the cheesiest movie ever to win best movie, <laughs> which is, which is uh, saying something because what a lot of the best that? movies, uh, 52, I think. Good memory. Uh, 1952. Yeah, I just uh, read about it the other day. So did you, did you see that growing up? 
I think I saw it on, I think I walked in and it was on TV once. And I walked out. <laughs> I, understand. I understand. So yeah. last, time I, last time I saw you, very like serendipitous sort of uh, meeting was I was, I was running and you were walking right down at the bottom of Connecticut Avenue. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, I'm walking, taking my walk, you know, now I'm an old guy. It got out on Facebook. I just had a birthday and I thought, well, you know, I'm getting so old. I want to kind of play my age down. Well, somebody posted happy 75th birthday, Arch Campbell. <laughs> then, then I go over to Columbia to play golf and the, the uh, matchmaker, Greg, uh, sees me. Oh, Arch, Arch, it's your birthday. You're 75. <laughs> said, you know, let's kind of play this down. So because I'm so old, I do a lot of walking just to keep yeah. moving and, you know, keep my brain going and my body going. Amen. And I try to watch what I eat. And so I'm walking. Here comes this guy. He looks like a steam engine. <laughs> He's taken up about half of the sidewalk, got a T-shirt <laughs> on, just drenched in sweat. And I'm thinking, man, that guy is really doing it. Who is it but you out for your run? It was Running uh, I, down, everybody. I was looking at you and I was like, I, I'm, a, I'm a student. <laughs> Who's of that old man? I'm a student of. I need to be sure I don't knock him down. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't run well. Um, and, uh, I was like, I'm a student of like features of people. I'm like, I think, because you had a hat on and a mask on. So yeah, some mask, like, I yeah. think that's Arch. And I think we talked about, I, I ran into you at the shack. Uh, when you right. Were, yeah. You were, with, yeah. Um, Owen, you were with Owen, right? Owen, and, my uh, pal. Yeah. And I'm like, I think it came up there that you're at 8101. So I was like, this could be Arch. And I was like, hey, yeah. this is that was on that was on uh, Oscar Sunday, I think. Or, 8101 Connecticut Avenue. There you go. It's right across the street from 8100, which is the assisted living place. So we call this the next to the last stop. <laughs> the last stop right across the street. Yeah, eighty one hundred. The uh, Hyatt assisted living. Still, this is just eighty one oh one. Old people's condos. <laughs> you stick where you're at. All right, you stay on that side. Well, of the street, unless you're going to Columbia. That's you right. Columbia, well, yeah. You come back home. Well, we right? also call this Columbia East because mm -hmm. half the people in here belong to Columbia, and all of us march across the street to play golf a couple of times a week. So, uh, so there is that. Talk about the circus train. It's called yeah, right. Train. <laughs> exactly. My mom is, uh, her name's Denise Garish, and she, so I'm in the Hamlet, okay? I grew uh -huh. up here in the Hamlet, and her, she still has a house a couple blocks from me. And uh, she is today, matter of fact, heading over to 8101. You know Candy, you know Candy Somerville? Sure, I do. Yeah. Swimmer. So, she's a swimmer. Love yeah. her. Yeah. She's, she's 92, I think. Wow. And, and she has she has one of the few condos. I you tell me if I'm wrong, over there 8101 that has a staircase. Oh and, yeah. And like she like stairs at her age are probably not the best uh, match. Yeah. So yeah. she might turn that over. My mom that is interested maybe in in, in uh, investing oh. in there. So you might get my mom as a neighbor. Well, good. Good. More than merrier. Those are nice units, those staircase units. They're big, but yeah, it's a uh, I got a one floor deal. So your wife's is it Gina? Yeah. Cool. 
How long have you guys been married? Uh, we've been married 27 years. We got married New Year's Day, 1994. Second marriage for both of us. Cool. I was, I talked to her father the other day. I said, you know, you know, you're old when your trophy wife is 66. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't think it was funny. Uh, So then I said, well, you know, you're old when your son-in-law is 75. (laughs) He didn't think that was funny either. Oh he doesn't think anything I say is funny. So I just keep, I just plow right ahead. <laughs> you gotta, if you lose your sense of humor, you're, you've lost a lot. So glad I, um, I met Gina. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. And I love going down there. Yeah. And many years ago, uh, I had a good friend who uh, I had known in high school. And he wound up here in Washington uh, working for uh, Com, Com what, who, who was he work? Not Comcast, Comsat. He was okay. a satellite guy. And in high school, he had been a, uh, a really outstanding athlete and scholar. And he got an appointment to um, the Air Force Academy. Yeah. So I ran into him later, you know, and I said, you know, we were also impressed that you went to the Air Force Academy. And I figured that you probably flew planes in Vietnam. He says, well, actually, they recruited me for the Air Force baseball team. And all during Vietnam, I played baseball for the Air Force Academy. (laughs) So. So we met up, we played golf together, and uh, we'd grown up a block apart down in San Antonio. So we said, let's go visit our mothers, and we'll go play some golf. And uh, his mother had switched churches, and I went into this church, and there was an assistant minister. And I thought it would be some old bag, and it was this beautiful woman, this beautiful woman. I said, who is that? I got to meet her. And, uh, the, you know, the mothers, they kind of laughed and cackled. And uh, my friend's mother went to her and said, this man wants to meet you. So I went back to San Antonio uh, as a result of George Michael, whom I worked with for years. George was in a movie, Eight Seconds, and they shot some of it down there. So they flew me down back there to do a story on George. And while I was there, I called this woman up, Gina. And we went out and lightning struck and uh, uh, we got married and she moved up here. That's lovely. Yeah. How long did you, how long, uh, when meeting till marriage, if you don't mind? Six months. Uh, that's kind of my track. Six that's months, maybe seven. I, I'm recently Not, engaged uh, yeah. in December and we're, lo- we're looking to, you know, be at, be, hopefully be at the altar this summer. All in. All in. It's, All her, in. it's her second marriage. It's, it's, I'm 39. It's my first. She has, uh, she was in a, a tough sort of relationship for a long, too long. I mean, not, I just say too long, but for oh. about a decade, about a decade. She has four kids. Yeah. And uh, so it, I saw you with those kids the other day. Yeah. yeah exactly right. You exactly were taking right. them out. Good. Good we for had you. So much, we had so much fun. I love, I mean, I talked for 14 years. And I love uh-huh. it. I, like at modern day, I, I really realized the voice inside 
spoke a lot to children. You know, that's kind of how I was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, very lucky, blessed to be with Debbie. And her kids are just angels. So, so how'd you meet her? I met her through friends, actually, at a at a party. For matter of fact, of her father, uh, the, uh, an anniversary of him or a celebration of him overcoming lung cancer. Oh wow! Great. Uh, a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you knew her father somewhat, somewhat. Not not wow. not not that well, you know. I know her brother. How are you, how are you getting along now? <laughs> <laughs> now that you're gonna marry his daughter well i don't talk about i, don't, I haven't taught brought up the whole trophy wife i think yet <laughs> <laughs> but she is my trophy she's my trophy yeah let me ask you a question um all right how how'd you get how did you get into movies or was it from like when you're a kid i mean all who doesn't like a movie right um so did you do you watch that? Here is here is the story, and I'm starting to write it up. I'm trying to write a memoir, and I Love better it. hurry because I'm getting so damn old, and I'm forgetting more than I remember. But uh, basically, two things: when I was growing up, uh, television was what uh, the iPhone is today, and yeah. we got a television. And in those days, uh, uh, to fill uh, the the uh, schedule. The uh, stations played a lot of movies, and my father loved the movies, and we bonded over a TV show, Shock Theater, which showed all of the great horror movies from, uh, you know, the early 30s of Universal Pictures, Dracula and Frankenstein and The Invisible Man and The Wolfman, and I loved those movies, and uh, as, I, as I grew up, I... Uh, discovered that I had the ability to get on stage and talk and two high school teachers kind of took me under their wing and one of both of them said, you ought to go into radio. So I got into radio, uh, while I was going to college, I went off to the university of Texas in Austin. I worked for KTBC, uh, which was owned by LBJ. And we would see him when he was president. He would come in there and, and afterwards, Lady Bird, they were all there. And a friend uh, moved to Dallas and got a job with a station, a big station, WFAA, which had uh, AM, FM, and TV. And she got me a job up there, and I managed to jump from radio to television. And I uh, joined the television news department and they, I kind of found my way to reporting feature stories. You know, the last story on the news was always something uh, funny, you know, the the quirky restaurants or uh, uh, guys riding horses to work or or all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, one day we got a new news director and he would walk in every morning, start screaming at us. And one morning he walks in and screams, I want a movie reviewer. Who wants to do it? (laughs) And the place went silent. And so I raised my hand. I said, I'll do it. (laughs) And American Graffiti had opened that week. So I went to see it, did a review on the air. He comes in the next morning and says, Arch, 
You are now the station movie reviewer. <laughs> That's how I got to be a television news movie reviewer. And then a guy uh, that I had worked with, you know, you don't realize at the time, but your whole life is a network. A guy I worked with went to L.A. and a guy was coming from L.A. to D.C. And he says, hire this guy. He does features. So they hired me for WRC. And uh, after four or five years of that, they were really just looking to reboot the whole station. And I said, you know, I used to do movie reviews. So they said, okay, do that, do that. In fact, actually, in Washington, the event that caused movie reviews to be important on the television news was in 1979, the long-awaited uh, Star Trek movie premiered at the MacArthur Theater on MacArthur Boulevard. And the entire cast of Star Trek was here in Washington for that. And then they had a big reception afterwards at the Air and Space Museum. And that kind of started a couple of decades of major film premieres here in Washington. So when I covered the Star Trek premiere, it was really the first of its kind. Uh, Jack Valenti ran the Motion Pictures Producers Association, and he saw that uh, he could use film premieres as a way to lobby Congress and make friends on Capitol Hill. And uh, I got in on that, and uh, those kind of things became important on the news. And, and so uh, I worked 32 years at Channel 4 and another eight at Channel 7 just as a result of that. And so okay. basically the answer is I raised my hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I raised my hand because I grew up and I remembered my father's movie love and the way I loved watching movies with him. Did you have one? Do you have a movie in particular that stands out that you and your dad used to watch? Uh, was he wrote, what was he, that show you said? Or Sorry. Well, Shock Theater. Shock Theater. Tired of the everyday routine. Ever want to get away from it all? then prepare yourself for a shock. Uh, actually, he and I liked a movie. I think it was called House of Horrors. Yeah. And uh, the bad guy was the Creeper. <laughs> oh. And we would talk about the Creeper a lot. And uh, one of his friends, we would, uh, he and I would refer to as the Creeper. <laughs> huh. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors? Uh, now, I think it was just House of Horrors. It was an old film made in the 40s. And the, the Creeper was played by a guy named Rondo Hatton. You can uh, look him up. It, it's a very sad story. He had yeah. some kind of, of uh, degenerative uh, disease, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he didn't live very long. He only made two or three movies. But he was... The, House of Horrors, there it is. Yeah. Meet, wow, meet love it. Creeper. Meet the Creeper. So the Creeper is one. Rondo he also Hatton, liked. Rondo Hatton. <laughs> he, I told you. Yeah, you're on it. 
he uh, uh, he liked the Frank Capra movies a lot, wow. uh, and particularly uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," which uh, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, was not as prominent as it is now. They television stations would show "It's a Wonderful Life" Christmas Eve, and that was it. And now, you know, there's. For a while, there were entire cable channels that that's all they showed. So he liked those as well. But uh, The Creeper comes to mind. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen The Creeper in years. I'd like to watch it. Um, yeah, so would I. <laughs> you, uh, I mean, I love It's a Wonderful Life has certainly like cemented itself as like the movie on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, right. It's, and it's such a, a cool story um of the struggle of uh jimmy stewart um and the angelus trying to get its wings <laughs> yeah yeah uh so the creeper and he said <laughs> shock eater and then you did um every other day is halloween or something like that right oh yeah that's uh well i'm friends with count gore duvall yes count gore is a longtime friend of mine. And, and, you know, he hosted Creature Feature on Channel 20. And one of my first stories in Washington was to come to uh, Channel 20 and do a story about uh, this announcer uh, dressing up as a vampire. And uh, he he had some, uh, some crazy shows over there. Had it? a coffin. And the story I did, I, I think my story is in that DVD. He um, locks me in his coffin, and that's the end of the story. He used to, he, he, they had a lot of wild nights. Uh, uh, a lot of his interns have told me all kinds of stories that went on uh, producing that, that show. They had a lot of fun there. Fun. So is it? And he still he does it in his basement now. Oh, really? He's like you know he's like you and me. Yeah. When he left Channel Twenty, he took the set with him, and he negotiated the rights to the name Count Gore. Uh huh. Count Gore Duvall. Gore, you know, people think Gore Duvall is a play on on uh, Gore uh, Gore Vidal. But uh, actually, he said he would he would drive to work and he would go by the Duvall Funeral Home ah. in, in Georgetown. <laughs> so that's there, why huh? he's Count Gore Duvall. He's a good, good, good friend. He, he recently he's been hosting these huge shows at the AFI, and sometimes he invites me to come over and uh, host with him. That's wonderful. Yeah, he did. He hosted. Dick Dizel. Dick Dizel. Dizel? Cool. He, uh, he hosted a screening of Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And I have never heard so much laughter in my life. You know, it was now because of the virus, uh, nobody really knows what the future of the theatrical movie experience is going to be. So if they're all memories to me and my memory that night when he showed young Frankenstein is the best theatrical experience of my life because people were screaming with laughter. <laughs> Can't beat laughter. Um, uh -uh. So nope. it, was it when the movie just came out or was it 
After oh, no, that. this, you know, this is 35 years it. after it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's 35 years after it opened. This is, this is probably three years ago. He would he would uh, play old horror movies at the AFI in Silver oh, Spring, oh, oh. host them. People would uh, sign up, come over there, fill the theaters. Oh, cool! And uh, I'd go over there with him. Oh, cool! Um, do you like? Do you like? Um, you have a favorite genre of movie? Like you've talked a lot about like horror and, and like kind of creature <laughs> stuff. Sort of stuff. is that still cemented as your favorite? Uh, well, you know, I kind of like that detective thriller uh, film noir, and they still they still make them. Uh, you know, I liked uh, uh, Fatal Attraction mm. and uh, Basic uh, Instinct, and uh, uh, what was the one with? Uh, what was the one with uh, Sharon? Not with Sharon Stone, but with Kathleen Turner. Uh, Body Heat. Okay. Did you ever see Body Heat? Yeah. And I like I like those kind of uh, mystery movies. Those kind of mystery thrillers. I yeah. tell you, a movie I like these days is Promising Young Woman. I like it a lot. It's like a horror movie. It's quite R-rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quite scary. My wife walked in and I was ashamed that she was seeing me watching it. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a hell of a movie. It's a revenge, revenge, horror comedy. It's, it's funny. It's, it's got get out, got get out. Is another one. It up a little bit. Uh, it's a very, it's over the top. It's almost tropish. I think. Of yeah. like the portrayal of the males, you know, just like uh, it it make it makes you uncomfortable. I yeah. like uh, Get Out. Did you ever see Get Out? No, that's just a great, great movie. Is that never recent? does what you expect. Is that recent? Yeah, Get Out. Yeah, cool. A couple of years. When I when I ran into you uh, the other day running. I told you that probably young woman is I, I saw it with my fiance. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, that I was hope a bad choice. <laughs> bad choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh next time you should watch uh like when Harry met Sally or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, like Titanic. <laughs> uh, let me know, send me an email and I'll uh consult you on your next movie with her, okay? <laughs> That's a deal. Um so <laughs> So, um, Nomadland, are you surprised that yeah. you surprised it won Best Picture? Uh, no, I thought it was going to win, and I thought it was an extraordinary movie, and I thought it was great because it was something new. Yeah. It mixed uh, non fiction, almost documentary work, with a fictional work. So, many of the people in the movie are nomads, you know, and nomads are people who, because of their circumstances, live in a van. And uh, they live kind of a nomad uh, life, and they take temporary jobs just to earn enough money to uh, keep going, and they live on Social Security. And, uh, the, you know, the the aspect of, of the far west and the open spaces and 
Uh, and there is a scene in there where Frances McDormand goes back to the house she lived at this little mining community. And you see her uh, walking through it and walking out of it because she didn't like being restrained. I mean, it's, it is a way of total freedom. About six months ago, there was a report on the PBS NewsHour. Uh, there's a reporter there named uh, Paul Solomon, who does business reporting. And he did a report on uh, the big business of retrofitting vans. Yeah. And then as part of this, he went out and uh, discovered and reported on the nomad community. Yeah. And some of them have YouTube channels. Some of them are making a little money uh, that way. Yeah. And uh, his report is really reflected in the movie Nomadland. So if you can, if you're really interested, download uh, Paul Solomon, uh, PBS NewsHour. So no, I wasn't surprised. I thought it was uh, creative and original, and I think Frances McDormand is uh, a great actress, and uh, that director, Chloe Zhao. Uh, did uh, an amazing job, and I think it took her quite some time to uh, film it and put it together. I think it crisscrossed. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw did it. Did you like it? I saw it twice. What did you think? I loved it. I loved it. <clears throat> I think they crisscrossed a lot of the West um, with, like, when you say it's uh, they're actually fiction meets nonfiction. Um, right. Yeah. All the all it's, the characters, including Norm, what's it, Norm McDonald, right? Including her in the movie, they go by their real names. Yeah. You know, yeah. Norm, that was Norm. She played herself. She played, she had her own name, you know. And all the uh -huh. most all the cast, I believe, were are, quote nomads. Many of them are nomads, yes. And yeah. I think uh there's a woman who dies in the film, and and that is her story. She was in yeah. the film and she died. A lot of people find it depressing. I heard that. Somebody said that. A lot of people say, oh, man, that's such a downer. I don't think so. Uh, it's you know, you have to open your mind. It's a, it's a, you have to open your mind to another form of lifestyle. I think that what, what struck me was um, how happy a lot of these people were in their sort of nomad commune. They weren't abusing. They didn't seem like they were abusing drugs or alcohol. Uh, they seem to be happy with other people who've chosen the same similar um, transient lifestyle. It, it uh, is about freedom. And it's about total freedom. And remember that scene with the old guy, his name was Bob. And he uh, talks about how his son five, uh, yeah. ago, committed suicide. Committed suicide. And he's like, um, I see him. On the road, I'll see you down the road. They keep saying, I'll see you down the road. It's never a farewell because on the road, the idea of the nomadic lifestyle thing is there's nothing, there's no, there's not a finality to it because you keep on moving from place to place. Yeah. And that guy is in the report I'm talking about on PBS okay. News by Paul Solomon. So if yeah. you want to see more of the real thing, uh, and they reran it uh, last night on uh, the Judy Woodruff uh, newscast. Uh, because it's so appropriate after yeah. the Oscars. Yeah. 
so um, that it's an interesting. I was running. I ran. I was running this morning, and mm-hmm. it was an interesting idea of if you keep on moving. He's like, I see my son out there, you know, on the road. Um, if you keep moving and interacting with enough people, the chances are high that you'll find characteristics or parts of whoever it is that you're has departed in the people that you run into on the road. Sure. So it's like his son lives on. It's a, yeah. cool, it's a cool philosophy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I liked it. You know what else I, I watched twice is Minari. Yeah, I liked it. A lot of people uh, will resist it because so much of it is in Korean and it's subtitles. Ask your okay. friend Tony Kornheiser how he likes movies with subtitles. Like you said earlier, you got to have an open mind here, you know? <laughs> Not everyone has an open mind. I, I loved Minari because it actually is based on a memoir by a Korean whose family moved to Arkansas to yeah. uh, farm and follow their dream. And in this case, uh, to raise Korean vegetables to sell in uh, uh, special markets for people making Korean food. And the thing I liked about it is it never does what you expect because he's, it's the eighties. He's in Arkansas. You know, you expect the clan to show up and burn a cross and, and they don't, you know, they're accepted in the community. And uh, there's uh, one guy who's uh, kind of a religious fanatic who spends all day Sunday dragging across down the road. And you think, Oh, something's going to happen with him, but no, that's just that's his character. Yeah. That's what he does on his Sundays, and he's a good friend to the farmer. How and about the the, uh, how the, the woman who played the grandmother? Yeah, yeah, won the uh, best supporting actress award. Yung Jung Yoon. Yep, and she was you know she was excellent. She's a Korea. I guess she's a Korean legend. Yeah, she's a big deal in Korea. She's it was uh, she played it. Powerful role and and hysterical. She had no filter, no filter, Grandma. Well, you told me that you uh, are interested in literature, and as you know, uh, any stories with three generations, intergenerational, is always uh, something important. There's there an intergenerational story has more power than just a story of one character. Yeah, like the Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Three um, generations. Three generations. But she, and, and that's when I think the movie began, so to speak, is when the mother comes on the or the grandma comes on the scene. Mm-hmm. And initially, uh, it's it's a, it's a tough assimilation for her with uh, the grandson and also with uh, the dad. But eventually. The grandson, you see the grandson and her uh, have yeah. an incredible they relationship bond. and love. And that's which is, and it was her. And that, that is, that's, uh, you know, a uh, that happens most often where mm-hmm. ga- grandchildren and grandparents are able to bond because they don't have the same emotional burden of a parent and child. Less pressure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was, I was the same way with my grandfather. Um, but, and she brought 
the Minari, I believe, and planted it on the side of the creek. And, you know, when it ends, you don't know if the family got back together or not. This is true. You're, it's kind of left. I don't want to give away the ending, but but the ending is left open to you. You would think. Which is interesting. Do, right. It's, after the fire. They leave it up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the movie Castaway? Yeah, yeah. One of my all-time favorites. Uh-huh. It's kind of why do you like that? I love the soundtrack. Um, I love the uh, the emo uh, the Tom Hanks was incredible on the island. Yeah, acting acting performance, and then uh, just like the the will of the human spirit is like you never know when what the tide will bring. So to Uh keep keep your hopes up because you you got to wake up every day. And you never know what's going to be given to you, especially if you're in a desperate situation like that, you know? Cool. And then in the end, I, one of the more emotional um, scenes of maybe any movie that I've seen is when uh, Tom Hanks sees Helen Hunt and she's married again. And Helen Hunt comes out and they're talking in the rain. I don't know if you remember that. Oh. And they're like, just like, both don't know what to say. Because like, it's no one's fault. It's just is what it is. And she's started another life with another husband thinking that Tom Hanks is, has been passed for, I don't know, five years. Yeah. And, um, and then the cool thing, why it popped in my head was that the ending of that movie is kind of open-ended because it, it, it kind of ends with him at a crossroads, literally, literal and figurative crossroads in the, in somewhere in the, in the Midwest. Yeah. Cause yeah. remember he like the package with the feather on it. Right. Uh, he kept this one package, I believe, as purpose because he works for fedex right so he's like i need to have one package that i need to, i'm not going to open and i'm going to hold on to to give me purpose and inspiration to get off this island and that was one of the reasons that i think he kept his spirit up cool delivered that package to this lady and it kind of like hints that maybe they get together because she's attractive redhead mm-hmm. so anyway cool that's a good one all right. Thanks for coming on. Chit chat about the movie. I mean, we, it's lunchtime. I could keep. We, I could keep going for a while. Maybe we'll do it again. Well, good luck with your podcast. Where Thanks Where does the podcast exist? Uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Android, um, everywhere. Uh-huh. You know? And and what's the name of this podcast? Pillars? Pillars of Community. Pillars of Community. The idea is like you're a pillar unto yourself. Like you've worked on yourself. This is my classics coming in here. You work. You worked on yourself and identified yourself well enough that you become a pillar, and then that other people can rely upon and be inspired by. Well, I'm sitting on a pillar. Does that count? <laughs> You're an extension of it. <laughs> um, for, hey, good, good luck to you, Billy. Enjoy your. It's uh, great talking to you. Pleasure. I'll see you around and have a, enjoy your golf game. You know, it's it's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's, <All> right, <laughs> it's down there with the cicadas, I think. Oh boy. I haven't seen, I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't either. I think they're kidding us about that. <laughs> We're going to hold on. One they more don't year. know. One more year. <laughs>
Okay. Right. Be well, Billy. Be well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.